And welcome into the latest Rinkwise podcast. I'm your host, Evan Marinofsky, alongside the great Patrick Donnelly. Pat, Ooh, what's up? I'm just great this week, not great and wonderful. <laughs> I can't I can't say that many nice things in this but we're recording this a couple days after recording our prep preview. I can't I can't shower you with that much love. Yeah, after keep, keep me on keep me honest. I gotta keep um, you honest on your toes a little bit. Yeah, we're definitely hitting the stretch run here. It's going to be kind of a whirlwind two or three weeks between prep playoffs and MIA playoffs. Well, that's the funny thing is prep is this race to the finish. It's yeah, one it's week. Spent. Yeah. And then MIA is kind of a slow burn until uh, March 17th, and then it's done. And then it's this weird, like, nothing. It was, I remember, like, being kind of struck by, like, last year I'm like, you know that John Travolta from Pulp Fiction meme yeah, where he like walks yep. in and he's just like looking around like where's everybody? That is sort of like uh, life after the MIA playoffs end. But uh, today we're going to focus all on the MIAA. The last two episodes of the podcast I think have been all prep. So I know all you MIA fans out there are like where is the high school hockey talk? It's here. It's today. And we've just for people to realize, I mean, as we said, prep is such a sprint. That it's like, let's get everything for that, and then we can focus on MIAA, which is a little bit longer. So that's kind of what we're doing today. And we have some time because the bracket is out, but uh, first round quarterfinal game, or not quarterfinal, round of 32 games really don't start until Wednesday. So it's an intro- It's always fun when the brackets release because there's some controversial teams that make it and, and things of that nature. Obviously, it used to be the Super 8. Used to have the Super mm-hmm. Eight, and and then you'd have the Division One A, One B. Now it's just everybody's in one. The number one seeds playing the number thirty two or thirty three seed, beating them like seven nothing in the first game, and so it's always fun. But we'll start with boys, and then we'll look at the girls' Division One and two brackets, and it's 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 an interesting time, Pat. Yeah, I know for boys, a lot of the focus will sort of be on D one for us, and we'll sort of go quadrant by quadrant here. But looking at the First section, you have St. John's Prep as the one seed overall. You got to play in tonight between Lincoln, Sudbury, and Lexington. Also in the bracket, you have contender in Hingham. Even Westford Academy's kind of been in the mix. What do you sort of make of this side of the bracket? So this is interesting. St. John's Prep should cruise. Uh, again, we're recording this Monday, so we don't know the result yet of that LS Lexington game. I wouldn't mind Lincoln Sudbury winning that for some obvious reasons if people can kind of do two and two together i would like lincoln Sudbury to win that game <laughs> but like you know what cool for lexington too i'm all for it but just you guys gotta you guys gotta do a little research to figure out why i might uh err on the side of ls um, unbiased journalist unbiased journalist i'm completely unbiased wellesley belmont is the most is like obviously the closest matchup in terms of seeding wellesley's an interesting team because wellesley kind of gets docked a little bit because they're in the bay state they had a good season though so uh, to me wells is kind of one of those sleeper teams wells to me i think wellesley should advance uh westford academy has been great this year they've been sort of a nice surprise and then you have Hingham at eight so to me the real interesting part of this bracket is a potential elite eight matchup between Hingham and st john's prep because i think coming into the year we would have expected and we did expect Hingham to be probably one of the one seeds in a side of the bracket and instead, Hingham is uh, the two seed in this bracket, and they're the two seed in the in the in the number one section. So uh, that's going to be a tough matchup for uh, Hingham and Saint for for Saint John's Prep if Hingham makes it all the way there. Mainly because Hingham beat them opening night. 
Hingham mm-hmm. beat St. John's Prep opening night. Now it's hard to beat a team twice, especially when you're two really good teams in a single season. A lot has changed since mid-December, but I still think that's a tough, and I, I wrote about this, about how Hingham kind of had an off year. They ranked lower than I think we all thought they would be. And the byproduct of that is they're going to be kind of a, they could be a spoiler. I also wouldn't overlook Wellesley playing St. John's prep um, in the sweet 16. You look at Wellesley. I remember when I was, when I was playing, when we were public school, play a private school team, you get outshot by a million, but you find a way to win like two to one. It wouldn't shock me if Wellesley did that. I don't think that's going to happen, but it wouldn't shock me. So I think the big storyline in that is just St. John's prep having to face Hingham so early uh, or relatively more early than we thought. Uh, Ultimately, I'm picking St. John's prep out of that side of the bracket. I just think they're so good this year. I think they've been kind of on a mission. To me, I don't don't foresee Hingham beating them, but it wouldn't – again, it wouldn't shock me if either a Wellesley or a Hingham got in their way. Yeah, and I mean, just even if St. John's Prep and Hingham were to meet, memories are long. It's season-long bulletin board material. You have to know St. John's Prep remembers getting punched in the mouth to open the year. Um, oh, yeah. So that would, again, Hingham could be, it's hard to call it an upset because they should be higher than eight, but it could be potential fodder right there. And the um, funny thing, Pat, is that yeah. with this, the, the, the interesting thing, like when we do the prep brackets, it's one versus eight and then like, the lead eight, every team's good. So it's not, but with this, this is like March Madness. Yes. In that, like you can have a low seed just get kind of lucky and win against a high seed just because like that's hockey. Like we saw it this year with Art, we'll get to Arlington Catholic in a bit, beating St. Yep. John's prep. But like that's kind of the thing with this is we talk, like I just talked in depth and it's like, oh, St. John's prep's going to advance. Like, might not happen. Like yeah. Lincoln Sudbury, if they win, might just take down St. John's Prep. I, like weird stuff happens, but yeah. So no, unbiased there, no bias. Yes, yes. <laughs> On the other side, Pope Francis too. Then down below, you got Reading, which I think is really interesting at seven, sort of in the same boat as Hingham. And then I think maybe the most interesting team, it maybe on this in the entire bracket, definitely on this side, might be Marshfield at ten. Yes. Yes, so this is what I was going to say. The Marshfield-Redding matchup in the Sweet 16 could be maybe the best Sweet 16 matchup of all of them, just given that they're close, they're they're close in rank. Marshfield just beat Redding, I think, if memory serves. I, I should look that up just to make sure I have that right. But again, to me, like, that's a battle. That would be a battle of Marshfield has a very deep top six, and, and they have a lot of guys who can score, and... Redding has maybe the best or one of the two best goalies in the entire bracket, maybe the entire state, and Chris Hannafin. And Redding went all the way to the semifinals last year. So that's really a battle of great offense against a great goaltender. The funny thing about Marshfield is they sometimes get docked for their schedule, and that's why they get ranked so low. Like Marshfield was 16-3-3 this year. That's not, I mean, if you did record-wise, that's up in the top five. And again, it does matter who you play. But they're one of those teams that I like. I do. I I would probably pick them over Reading. Just they're a little deeper up front. I know the goaltender means everything. I, we I talked about this so much last year. A good goalie means everything. Um, but it just wouldn't shock me if Marshfield went the distance there. And then on the other side, you have Pope Francis taking on Medford, and then taking on the winner of Shrewsbury and Arlington Catholic. That Shrewsbury Arlington Catholic game. That's another toss up. Arlington Catholic beat St. John's Prep earlier this year. Uh, Shrewsbury's been a really good team. Um, I see Pope advancing, but 
up against Marshfield. Like I Pope won last year. I think I the times I've seen Pope, it wouldn't shock me if they lost in in the Elite Eight. And that's not to, that's not like being disrespectful. It's just as sort of that the highest seeds don't always advance in these yep. tournaments. So you do have to pick teams that could bow out before we expect them to. And when I was filling out my bracket, because I did fill out a little bracket, so I had some predictions. I actually, I have Marshfield beating Reading, and then I have Marshfield beating Pope, um, which again, hot take, especially having a 10 seed go all the way there. Yep. Um, it just wouldn't shock me. Marshfield's an older team. Uh, you're deep up front. If you can roll two legitimate lines, be good on D, fine in net. I know Marshfield's a little young in net. Uh, anything can happen. So yeah, I, that, that's like my hot take of this whole bracket is I do think Marshfield makes the semifinals. Which yeah, is and I can, I can see that too. But like, cause the, I saw Marshfield in the Ed Burns finals and I saw them for like a period on the first day and their speed is just, that's the thing that stands out the most is they can just yeah. overwhelm teams. Every line, everyone throughout the lineup is fast, just seems like it. And so could overwhelm Redding pretty easily, although Redding has the goalie, which is could be the X factor this time of year. Yeah, um, and I that's the tough thing is picking against Chris Hannafin is a bad idea. It was a bad yep. idea last year. By the way, Marshfield did not play Redding this year. I don't know why I thought they did. So my apologies. Redding did not play Marshfield. But I, that's the tough part is like picking against a goalie this time of year is a horrible idea. It yep. doesn't usually work out. But that's how I, that's what I think of Marsh. I think Marshfield. I think they are deep enough up front that they should make a run. Yeah, and then others moving down the bracket, you got in one end, you see them at number three. They'll get Natick in the first round. BC High at 14, which I think could mm-hmm. be interesting because BC High is one of those teams you can't ever really count out. And then further down, Arlington at six, Winchester at 11. What do you make What do you make here? Well, it's interesting. CM Natick back in the day would be a huge matchup. Natick's not as great as as they have been in past years, but still made the tournament. Good for them. The, the, the big one, I think, is Winchester and Arlington potentially meeting in the Sweet 16. Those are two teams. They're, they're in the same division over in the Middlesex. And this season, again, for them, like... I've talked a lot about how young Arlington is. Arlington beat them 4-1 earlier in the year, and then they tied in the Ed Burns. I think, I forget who won that game in the Ed Burns. I'm blanking on it. But at any rate, they're somewhat close. And I think Arlington is very young. Winchester's proved themselves to be a good team. I see Arlington winning that matchup. I'm going off the fact that it's Arlington. They typically do pretty well this time of year. Missouri locks it down. So I see Arlington kind of advancing from those four teams in the bracket. And then a potential CMBC high matchup. I mean, that's huge historically. I mean, there's a a time when that was the final, like that was like that, that was it, but they could potentially meet in that sweet 16. I see CM probably advancing in that matchup, but where it gets interesting is Arlington. Because Arlington is a competitive team, and they, I think they bowed out kind of early last, or relatively early last year. It's had some question marks throughout the year. Obviously, they had to replace Tyler Hamilton and Joe Markey. They had some up, they had some up and down play at the beginning of the year. They've sort of stabilized. Wouldn't shock me though if a team like Arlington found a way to beat them like two to one. So, I have Arlington coming out of that part of the bracket. I know that that's a hot take to have two public schools overtaking private schools to get to the semis, but that's how I see it. I, I think at this time of year, that's kind of where that stuff, that stuff works out. And I know a y- picking a young team to do damage is kind of, again, risky, 
but I see Arlington and CM. I do see those two. I mean, they're the highest two seeds. I see them advancing. So I see it going chalk up until you have to pick the semifinalist. Yeah. Arlington last season lost to Braintree three to two in the sweet 16. Yes, they did. Um, And we'll wrap up with the bottom left corner quadrant of the bracket. You've got Zavariant four taking on your Framingham team. That's right. First round Framingham at 29. You got Archie's at five, St. Mary's at 21, playing Franklin, who's 12. Might be better than a 12 seed, who's to say? And you also have St. John's Shrewsbury at 13. This is easily the most interesting part of the bracket, I think. I, I, I The other ones are fine. This is where I think you're going to see some fireworks. Don't count out Framingham. I'm not counting out Framingham. First of all, when I was there, we beat Zavarian in the playoffs, so pat okay. on the back. We did get outshot like 40 to 10, but that doesn't matter who won the game. We did. But I will say Framingham has had has been close with good teams at times this year and then kind of fallen off in third periods. I don't pick them to win this game. I, I can't. I just can't. And I think Zavarian's too good. I think Cole Pouliot-Porter, that team's sort of on a mission. So I, I see Zavarian advancing there. Hurts me to say. Although Dave Spinelli is from Framingham. Head coach of Zavarian is from Framingham. So maybe maybe he'll be like, you know what? I want Framingham to advance here. I want the hometown. Backdoor deal like the Elks or something. I'm kidding. Yeah. There isn't. But you never know. Hey, you never know. Could be Framingham, Lincoln, Sudbury in the Final Four. That would be incredible. My God. That would, that would be some outstanding stuff. I would do anything for that to be the case. Just for the, just for the memories. St. John's as a 13, I, I'm shocked. And I'm not, sh- I would have been shocked if you went in January and said to me, Hey, they're going to be a 13 seed. I'd have been like, I have them in like my top three. They've fallen off in the last month, which might end up helping them in terms of being a spoiler. Cause if they sort of find their game in the playoffs, that's going to be a really tough matchup for Zavarian in the sweet 16 to face St. John Shrewsbury then. So they could be a spoiler. And then on the other side, you have Franklin, who I, I've i been impressed with. I know you really liked them at the Ed Burns. Every time you saw them, they were great, except for the championship game. They're going to face St. Mary's in the first round, or round of 32, and then Archie's going to play Weymouth. That Franklin-Archie's game, I think, is going to be really close. Would not shock me if it's Franklin and Zavarian. I still think Zavarian comes out of this side of the bracket I go with the goalie. I think Pouliot Porter yes. is going to will them again, but I think it's going to be close. I don't think – I think St. John Shrewsbury and Franklin are both going to give Zavarian headaches. They're, those are going to be hard matchups, and that's the other thing, right? Being the number four – the fourth one seed is so tough because you've got to face St. John Shrewsbury – potentially St. John Shrewsbury and Franklin – and you're not even at the semifinals yet. Like, that's the tough part. Those are two really good teams. Franklin's deep up front, good goalie. St. John Shrewsbury, a uh, lot of offense. So, to me, I think it's going to be a tough road for Zavarian, but I think it's going to ultimately make them better because they're going to have to be locked in from the start. And that's what we saw last year when they beat CM. I think it was in the round of eight, or the Elite Eight, where they beat CM at Warrior. And it, again, it comes back to the goalie. So this is where I go back to the principles of, like, I got to pick the goalie. And that's with Zavarian. Like, I've got to pick the goalie with Severian. It, it's a bad idea not to. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing with Redding with Chris Hannafin. You just it's hard to to go against top two, maybe not even two goalie in the state. And Franklin, the thing with Franklin is their top line has been awesome. And they've been so good that Dan Daly is on the second line. That's really what stands out with their forwards. But mm-hmm. the the thing that can be paused with Franklin is 
we've harped so much on the goalie in the last five or 10 minutes and all season, and they've been alternating goalies for most of the year. So mm-hmm. you get into that, like, do you stick with that? Do you, do you pick someone who's your guy for the rest of the way? It's all, it always gets a little squirrely when you've been doing that. Yeah, the Bruins have to figure something out with that too. <laughs> They're going to yes. have that problem in a yes. little bit. Yeah. And then, I mean, again, like for, for me, again, like from what I think the, and again, when I'm filling out my bracket, uh, I'm trying to, that's the tough part with filling brackets like this out is you, they're going to be upsets. So you're predicting, okay, what are the upsets going to be? What are the best chances of an upset? I mean, again, Redding could make it all the way there. Pope Francis could right, return right to TD Garden. It, like, none of this would shock me. But again, like, I filled out my bracket before we came on. If the like, if the final four was SJP Zavarian and Marshfield Arlington, I mean that's a fascinating group of of four. And I believe, I think, I don't think they reseed in the semis. I don't think. I think it's the same side of the bracket. So if that was the case, it would be SJP and Zavarian, and then the other side would be Marshfield and Arlington. So you have the battle of the privates, the battle of the publics. I think my ultimate champion. So I'm not going to pick like winners of each, but I will say my ultimate champion who I think is going to win the whole thing. I think it's St. John's prep. I know it's boring as heck. It's, it's boring. Picking the number one seed to win it all is boring as anything. I get it. People are going to make fun of me. If it doesn't work out, you have every right to when Lincoln Sudbury hoists the trophy, you guys can throw it right in my face when framing or or when framing hosts the trophy, I'll be right there with him. (laughs) But, but I think SJP wins it this year. And in my situation, I think, Marshfield might beat Arlington just in terms of their firepower up front. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting, I think it's an interesting group because even though I don't think the talent has been as high this year in the MIA as in years past, when the tournament comes around, it doesn't matter. You can have all the talent in the world. It doesn't, it, it doesn't mean anything like it, it. It's really just getting lucky each game. So yeah, that's my that's the that's the boys. We won't go too deep into division two, II, three, and four. Obviously, we'll have coverage of those as it goes along. We have the scoreboards, uh, the scoreboard pages. If you haven't checked out, those are are always running. We're updating those literally every night, every morning as results come in, and we will have coverage from the garden on those. And then if there's a huge game, I mean, once prep is done, I'm going to whatever the best MIA games there are and writing about them. So if it's a division two, II, three, or four game. We'll be there. Let's transition to girls. Let's do D1 first, then we'll look at D2. So in the girls, we've got we got number one, Notre Dame Hingham, number two, St. Mary's, number three, Lincoln Sudbury, at number four, Malden Catholic. We'll start with kind of your thoughts on the bracket, and then we'll kind of get into where you might see some upsets taking place. Yeah, uh, so the last week was kind of crazy for the way Seed shook out. You had the Hingham Hockey, Sh- Hingham Hockey Showcase, mm-hmm. um, which had... Notre Dame, Hingham, Hingham, Malden Catholic, St. Mary's, just a who's who of MIA teams there this week. A lot of good teams. Yeah. And St. Mary's lost twice. They were cruising to the number one seed, lost to NDA, lost to Hingham, who's making a charge back into the top five here. And that really shook up the the standings because I, they, they dropped to three in my power rankings, but you had... Notre Dame take over the number one seed. St. Mary's dropped to two. And you have Lincoln Sudbury kind of sneak sneak in there at four. I know they haven't really been getting a lot ton of love super high in the rankings this year. And then MC at four, or I said Lincoln Sudbury at three, excuse me. MC at four, hang them back in there at five. I think in the girls bracket, what's really interesting is sort of the next cluster to round out the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get to Shrewsbury, Pope Francis, Peabody, 
even Archie's who didn't start well, but has gotten way better as the season's gone on and even Winthrop. So I think that's sort of the next grouping to keep an eye on. Out of that grouping, because that's always where the interesting stuff happens. It's those teams that cause the most commotion this time of year yeah. out of that group. So not the top group, but the, the, the next tier, who do you see as, as teams that could kind of shake things up? I mean, is same like is a team like St. Mary's prone to this since they just lost two, two games. They could be. And when they're a little cluster of the bracket, you have St. Mary's at two and then Shrewsbury at seven. And that could be a potential elite eight game to get to the final four. And that was last wow. year's championship. Yeah. Um, so that would be crazy. They also have Bishop Fian in there. And even Boston Latin and Andover have been good at various times this season and given team scares. Bishop Fian's really interesting because their record isn't that great, but they play a strong schedule. They're sort of in like, I guess if you want to call it like they're, they're record is better than BC high on the boys side, but sort of like an interesting case like that where maybe they should have a better record than they actually do. And then Shrewsbury is sort of in the same boat. They had some tough games at the beginning of the season where just couldn't find the find, breakthrough late to get away with a with a one goal win, settle for a tie or some close losses. So I think that could be one side of the bracket, especially where, you know, if St. Mary's can't really recover from the two straight losses to close out the regular season, that could be where some upsets come up. But looking elsewhere, I mean Lincoln Sudbury at three, they have Archie's there at eleven and Methuen at six. Methuen Tewksbury is um, you know, they have a really strong defensive group, especially with MJ Batiste there. But I would probably give the edge to Lincoln Sudbury and Harper Freeholm in that in that part of the bracket. Mm-hmm. And then I think Hingham, if they can make it to Elite Eight and face MC, would be really interesting. Because Hingham has Hingham's top six is might be the most interesting top six of, of D1. They're so deep. You know, Caroline, Caroline Doherty is obviously gonna grab the headlines of maybe most players in the tournament. Mm-hmm. The run she's been on, she's only a junior at Hingham, just has all sorts of all sorts of scoring totals so far. Uh, but you have um, Reese Pompeo has been great this season. Um, both, I mean, both lines have been really good. And even in, in net, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on her name, but uh, they have a sophomore in net who's been awesome too. But, and then you look at the the next corner of the bracket, Pope Francis is there, Peabody. Peabody's like sort of interesting because they have the goalie. They have Elise Muddy, who mm-hmm. is one of the best in the state. But, you know, they don't play a super strong schedule. And I know there have been some questions with the depth there this season. So, I mean, if if Elise Muddy can get hot and sort of carry them, they could maybe squeak out a close game if they meet uh, Notre Dame in the Elite Eight. But I would very much give the edge to Notre Dame in that side of the bracket. This is what's tough about this bracket every year is the teams like we mentioned Marshall with the boys, Peabody with the girls, these teams that don't play the toughest schedule, but win a lot of games. Like Peabody was 16 and four this year, right? The yes. schedule wasn't as good as some others. Are Is that team, when they get to the big stage, are they going to just continue to dominate or are they going to be like, oh, maybe they're not as good as we thought they were. That's what's so tough. And those, again, are the teams that make the most noise. They, they cause chaos. So it wouldn't shock me if, again, if a team like Peabody did some damage in terms of the high seeds, you obviously NDA is is one, St. Mary's two, LS three, MC, your school four. Gotta show some love. Gotta show yep. some love. Do you foresee all of them making the semifinals coming out of their sides of the bracket? It's interesting. I would certainly say I'm not gonna force you to make picks, by the way. If yeah, you want to, you can, but you don't have to. I mean, for for my sake, not even 
for MC, but just for like the entertainment standpoint, I think a Notre Dame St. Mary's final could be a tremendous game because it's two teams that have gotten it done in very different ways this season mm-hmm. where St. Mary's a lot of new pieces this season, but they haven't missed a beat offensively. And they've put up like Bella Fridas has had a tremendous freshman year. Vanessa Hall is obviously doing her thing as an eighth grader on defense. Incredible. Um, both, both goalies have been great. Then you look at Notre Dame, really experienced defense group. And they lost Morgan Brady last season, but Devin Moore is having a huge season as a sophomore. She had four goals, I think. And I, f- I forget who it was against, but she had a four-goal game in the Hingham Showcase last week. So she's wow. having a great year. And Ava Larkin, we even mentioned her as far as goalies go, might be the best in the state. I think NDA's only given up like 20 goals this year, which is one a game. <laughs> yeah, they've That's given funny. up one goal a game. I, they have like, I think, eight shutouts. I'm pretty sure she's played every game. I could be wrong. But just that that factor in that, I would certainly give NDA an edge pretty much the whole way until if um, until they maybe meet a speeding train in St. Mary's in the final. Um, yeah. I, I want to quickly mention Hingham. It's Izzy McGar, the goalie. Shot sophomore there we go. with a, a 9-10 save percentage. So, yeah, she, she's had a great year. That oh, strong go. freshman year, too. There we go. Well, we got her in there. I'm glad I'm glad we we added her in. I think Hingham's an eight on both boys and girls. That's another little interesting tidbit. Now we go to Division Two girls. Duxbury, no surprise, number one seed. That's like every year. Falmouth, number two. Burlington, three. Nosset is at four. What did you think of this bracket, the top seeds and kind of how it all went down? Yeah, the only interesting one would have been like who finishes two between Falmouth and Burlington. Nosset, it's don't know a whole lot about them, admittedly. At least they sort of like I I know like looking at my rankings, they sort of came in late. I know they were very much in the mix throughout the season. So again, it, it could be one of those strength of schedule things because 17, 2, and 1. You just wonder what it might be like if they get to a final against if they get into the final four, they face a Duxbury, or even in the Elite Eight, they face an Algonquin Hudson. Teams they haven't really seen a whole lot who Duxbury plays a pretty mixed schedule of D1 and D2. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, could probably beat a lot of D2, D1 teams. Um, so I think that was interesting. And Burlington, you look at it, they had a big win against Hingham last month. Younger roster, but the goalie, Issa Fisher, has been fantastic this season. And I would just say Falmouth, we talked about them a little bit, I think, in January when they sort of got hot. And they've, they've been hot all season. They, you know, they've only lost twice. But really interesting roster where they're so young. I forget the exact number of freshmen they have on the roster. And they only have 17 skaters, I believe we said, first time we talked about them. So, but I mean, but it hasn't slowed down sort of their production and results. So they're, they're an interesting case. But I mean, it's hard to not go chalk with Duxbury. So dominant any way you slice it. I mean, Maddie Greenwood, I haven't really kept up with her stats as well as I was earlier in the season, but there was a point where she was over a goal per game. And Anna McGinty is one of the D1 and do D1 and D2 combined, maybe one of the best goalies in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you combine that with their experience of winning last season, the goalie, the the top offensive weapon, and even the the tough schedule. It's hard not to give them an edge. I was going to say, looking at this bracket, it's hard not to go chalk. I mean, there might be a few yeah. upsets here or there. I, I just, I see this kind of going chalk, um, yeah. which again, 
boring, I get, but at the same time, I think that the Duxbury just has such a hold on this this division. Yeah, I think Pembroke's interesting, where with Jen Biralini, who earlier this season passed, I believe, the 100-goal milestone and 150-point milestone, I believe, wow. she's only and she's it's only a, jun- she's a junior, I believe, so there's still a lot of runway left. I could be mistaken. But, you know, with a player who can sort of just take over like that, again, it's sort of the same boat as Maddie Greenwood, where I was more keeping up with her stats better a few weeks ago. But there was a point where she had a goal in every game this season until there it was a 1-0 loss to Duxbury. It was the only game she didn't score up to that point, um, which is, yeah. And Can- Canton's in a similar boat, too, where they have a really potent offense. They made it to the final last season and fell to Duxbury. They could be, as a, as a seven seed, it's tough to say, oh, it'll be a massive upset. But I think they could definitely give higher seeds some trouble. It'll be interesting. Uh, I think this, it's always fun this time of year to kind of see what teams move forward, uh, and, and, and what teams kind of, uh, create some upsets. Um, and then again, we would, t- I can't, I, I don't know enough. I don't know D2, D3 or D4 boys as in depth as I know division one. So I can't sit here and be like, oh, Newburyport is my team in D2. I just, I can't do it, but we'll have a lot on those. I promise. And and I know there's always interesting prep prospects on a lot of those teams. That's where, honestly, a lot of the prep prospects come from is like, I remember Mikey Monroe was a star at Hanover and now he's a main commit star at Avon Old Farm. So there's always players like that. And it's going to be interesting the whole way. Uh, we'll have a lot of MIAA coverage over the next couple of weeks, especially when prep is done. Then it's like, all right, we're fully in MIAA. Uh, by then, it, Framingham will be Framingham on the boys' side will be cruising. So I'm excited. But before we go, Pat, as always, we could not forget overtime with our great producer, the one, the only, David Yaz. Overtime. Yes, welcome back to overtime, gentlemen. We have had a celebrity hockey player draft we have had what did we do last week oh i quizzed you on names of minor league hockey teams yes today with great fanfare let's have a, a drum roll for what overtime's going to be today do, uh, audio quiz with quotes drawn from hockey movies or oh. movies featuring hockey scenes so what i've done here gentlemen is assemble a list of 12 movies that are either about hockey or have hockey scenes in them. And you're going to hear clips, and you just have to pick which one from this list is correct. Now, there are six clips. There are 12 on the list. So, therefore, there are six red herrings in there. You see what I'm saying? Do you understand, gentlemen? Yes, we do. Okay. Yes. It's, okay. it's interesting. You both seem nervous. Okay. As you I should am. be. <laughs> yeah. Major throwdown. We we only have, so again, only six questions. Pat never gets to go first, so Pat will go first. I will play the audio clip, and then you just tell me what movie it's from. Here's clip number one. What a shot. Damn it! Is that goal regulation size or what? Jeez! I guess that's the whole clip. All right. Tell us what I movie get to ease it. into it here. That's Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore is absolutely correct. Nice. The Sandler thing gave it away. That I, because I'll be honest, I, I've never seen Happy Gilmore, but the wow. Sandler, I was like, well, Sandler, all right, it must no, be. I, I got it at a, what a shot. 
But, okay. <laughs> well, you're a fan then. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Billy Billy Madison is on the list. Maybe there's a Billy yeah. Madison clip coming. Grown up, hockey bit. And grown-ups. He's in grown-ups as well. Yeah. That's right. Okay, <laughs> clip number two. This one goes to you, Evan. Your heads in the ice out there. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, we all know how to play hockey. Yeah. Just play it smart. That's right. He's not there. Stick him. Fuck him. Christ, pop him. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's go now. We need this win. We got a lot of losses. To yeah, play. we got a lot of losses. Come on. Let's start winning. Come on. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. All right. By the way, we What are they here for? We, to win. We apologize for the uh, salty language. Do you know what film uh, that is from, Evan? I, I'm so bad at movies. I'm going to guess Slapshot. That's correct. Very good. Oh, great guess. The Hanson Brothers. Are you a fan of that film, Pat? I am, yeah. Seen it Come on. Now, you, you have to be. Okay. I've seen it, but I, I don't remember that exact. I just, the old-timey-ness, I was like, oh, it's probably Slapshot. <laughs> okay. This one should be easy. Goes to you, Pat. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. All right, that's enough. What so I have? lucked out because I haven't seen Miracle, but I know it's Miracle. Oh, um, my goodness. You haven't seen, seen like, Miracle? I know. I haven't. Right. Ne- I've never seen it its entirety. I've seen like Hi. parts of the scenes, portions oh. of it. But you I know call. it's... You call the yourself a hockey myself. fan. Come on. Yes, I'm try- so to- I'm trying to – I got the that Boys of Winter book. Um, my brother got it for me, so I'm trying to read that before I sit down and watch Miracle. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I need That's to read the book. Yeah, okay. Tremendous movie. Tremendous movie. Oh, they, yeah. They, they, did a made yes. for TV, they did a made-for-TV movie, which I think was called Miracle on Ice, and they did that in the 80s. It starred Steve Gutenberg as Mike Arruzzioni and Carl Malden as Herb Brooks. And it was terrible. Anyway, go s- make sure you're seeing the uh, Kurt Russell version. Yes. All right. Next question. Back to you, Evan. Also, I think this should be an easy one, but we'll see. It's chill, Coach. Really very cute. But what are you going to work with me and Gold? Goldberg, do you trust me? My mother would not approve of this, Coach. She'd like me to live to be bar mitzvah. This is your bar mitzvah, Goldberg. Today you will become a man. What movie is that from, Evan? That's the Mighty Ducks. That's absolutely right. First, and I hope only Disney movie to actually inspire the name of a pro sports franchise, which I always thought was weird. Yes. Okay, we're down to the final two questions. The The scores are tied, so very exciting. And we apologize. There, there are a couple of naughty words in this clip, but it's funny. It might be a tough one. Take a listen, Pat. All right. Do you know what movie that's from, Pat? This is tough because I think any of the remaining like plausible possibilities I haven't seen. Okay. I'm going to take a swing and go with Goon. Goon is incorrect. Evan, do you know what clip th- that movie came from? I don't. I, Goon would have been my guess. Oh, I'll you're say, both terrible. I'll say Canadian uh, Bacon. No, don't on. say anything because you got to guess the next time. We were looking for swingers. We were looking for swingers. Ooh. You guys haven't seen swingers? No. Oh, my oh, God. What are they teaching in school these days? Nothing. That's what they're teaching. All right. Well, Evan, you get a, a chance to win here with clip number six. Take a listen. 
play snooker. That's why I hate about coming here. You gotta listen to that song all the time. Check out the flag. Now, what is that? Was that a weed on there or what? Come on, give me a break. Nice flag. <laughs> okay. Somebody making fun of the Canadian flag at a hockey game. Do you know well, what movie that is from, Evan? It's a hard well, one. Well, I don't know, but I will say Canadian bacon is a guess. That's correct. Uh, you <laughs> pulled it out of nowhere. Uh, was I that John Candy I heard? That was the late, great John Candy film called Canadian Bacon, which I admit I have never seen. I don't think I've, I missed much. But what what hockey classics did I, did I miss? Any hockey movies that you guys enjoy that we didn't cover? I don't think so. I think no. you had everything, yeah. all of them, right? Yeah, there were a couple. Like, I well, so. we did, I didn't have one from Goon. I haven't seen Goon. Um, I haven't seen it either. It looks all right. There's a movie called Playing from the Crease. That there are a lot of movie hockey movies I've never heard of, but there really are only three or four in the conversation of the best hockey movie ever. Right? We we covered mm-hmm. Slapshot for the comedy fans. Miracle is really the answer, isn't it? Or Mighty yeah. Ducks, I guess. If you're a Mighty Ducks guy, I think it's yeah. Miracle. And also, it's tough to shoot hockey movies. That's the. Oh, yeah. I, I would feel like that would be the difficulty with that. And the other thing is, there aren't like sports movies have their generate their times where they come around, but they're not. It's not always. I don't know if you'd know this maybe more than me, Yaz, but I feel like mm. there aren't as many sports movies being made. Um, oh, that's absolutely true. Yeah, the the glory. There were sort of two golden eras for sports movies: the the seventies and then the nineties and the aughts. But well, let's let's face it, unless. They're going to make Mighty Ducks 5 through 12. Then uh, Hollywood only seems interested in reboots and sequels these days in comic book movies. So we haven't had a good sports movie in a long time. But there's always was, hope. They'll come back around. Was the, the last good sports movie, and I could be blanking on it, was either 42 or Moneyball, right? Or am, both, am I missing them? Am I missing well, both great. You're probably missing something in there. Yeah, but there's... Like, Draft Day is an easy watch, but I wouldn't say it's, like, a quality sports movie. No. <laughs> yeah. But, not, I mean, not at all. Not no, at all. but, it, well, I guess, I guess sort of notable. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I definitely was had to go out to see Draft Day, Costner, and NFL Draft. But, yeah, they didn't pull it off so well. And, yeah, the the this, this, the easel is, is empty for the next big sports movie. I, they, somebody should make a hockey movie. Why the hell not? I agree. Anyway. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. But yeah, that was good. So I won that one three to two. But the last one, that was sort of a, a Hail Mary. I, I, I'll i be honest. I didn't know that movie. But good, yes. times. Em- good uh, times. Evan wins on an empty net goal, and uh, but it still counts. <laughs> so terrific job, gentlemen. And uh, back to you to close things out, Evan. Thank you, Yaz. Pat, this has been fun. Maybe I won the overtime, but let's see how I do on my division one boys bracket and yeah uh, i'll have to write out my picks like you did i didn't think to do that well we can do them later you can, we can put them in a story later yes. on that's what we can do and make people go read it but uh, anyways pat lots of stuff to come thank you for joining as always and we will see you next time on the Rinkwise podcast i'm evan marinovsky it's pat donnelly produced by the great david yaz the siemens media production we'll catch you next time